It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Fresh and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to episode 409 of the Backroom Morning Show as part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm 18 years saved, 16 years married, 11 years recovered, 7 years father, and 36 years a nerd. And I'm Mo. A lot of things wrapped up in one small but loud package. Your very own casserole of a co-host doing my best to bring the best, but one thing I'm not is good at math. Today on the show, is it wrong to question God? Also on the show today, Matt goes head-to-head with one of our Discord buds in a game. But first, today is Wednesday, October 20th, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. It is National Day on Writing. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's how it's written. National, National Day, Day on, on Writing. writing. <laughs> okay. Um, sure. Uh, exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Right. 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 Flex your muscles. Yeah. Extra muscles. Okay. It's also information overload day. That, that it's because well. you're doing all the writing. Doing all the writing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and international sloth day. And that's not the seventh deadly sin kind of sloth. It's the animal. The animal so sloth. Celebrate that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so just really quick, Lark is having a really difficult time with the fact that I refer to myself <laughs> as a casserole. <laughs> Do you want to explain yourself? No. <laughs> you interpret that how you like, Lark. Exactly right. <laughs> I'm Lark. all kinds of things thrown into one to make something delicious and wonderful that you would bring uh. to a church potluck. <laughs> <laughs> so first segment on our Wednesday show, we, we talk about a, a topic that probably could be a whole part of a whole series, but we're not going to do that. Uh, just because we don't want to. Uh, <laughs> it's typically a COVID-related thing because we promise we won't make that the main topic anymore. But uh, today, I want to I want to clear something up. So the new James Bond, the, air? the new James Bond movie is coming out or has just come out, and uh, it's been announced that you know this is Daniel Craig's mm-hmm. last movie as James Bond. And so the question's now becoming, well, who should play James Bond next? And people are bringing up the idea of, well, it could be a, a black man or it could be a, a woman. And Why then other no. people are up. I feel so, like hold we on, are hold about on, to step into territory no, that on, we don't need to go into. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. And uh, obviously a lot of other people are saying, well, you can't, you can't do that. You can't change the character. And so this is this is a, a situation that I wanted to bring up just because I remember what happened when Daniel Craig was cast. The idea, and this was brought up actually the at the end of the last movie because it was already teased by a lot of people, a lot of the news places, not a lot of the entertainment news sorts, with headlines like, in the next movie, 007 is a woman. And it was kind of a clickbaity thing because technically that's true because James Bond lost that 007 ranking in this new movie's storyline. And so the person that took on the 007 position in the corporation, the MI6 or whatever it is, uh, is the new 007. But it wasn't, you know, the way it was written in headlines was to make you think the new James Bond is a woman. Yeah. Jamina Bond, Jamie Bond, Jamie Bond, <laughs> Jamie Bond. But I mean, this we're we're in a culture right now, and we kind of we kind of touched on it uh, in our discussion uh, for Tuesday's show. But we're in a culture right now where everyone is really hypersensitive to is it is it racist? Is it sexist if we say we want to keep a character? the same or not venture out. And we had that kind of same thing happen in the Doctor Who community when Jodie Whittaker was cast. Mm-hmm. 
people were there were people that were a little afraid about having a woman step into a role that up until this point had been held by a man. But I think in that instance, it made perfect sense because it's always been established that the doctor could come back as either gender. Um, in fact, I believe it's established that it could come back looking like another alien. Uh, they've just never gotten to that point. But either way, with the James Bond thing, it's been very clear from the beginning with me that this is this is just about keeping the character as it's been established and played the same. And I can prove that because you can go back, you can Google them right now and go back. There's even a whole website dedicated to it about people being upset that Daniel Craig was cast as James Bond because he's blonde. Mm. <laughs> And James Bond has never been blonde. He's always been a dark-haired man. And so that's not a racism thing right there. That's clearly a let's keep the character as close as it's always been established as possible. For continuity. For continuity. <laughs> Don't take us out as much. Or it's like take us out of the reality of this as least as possible. That's all this really is. Help us keep the continuity for this story. And uh, the, there really is a, a website that is still up called, um, I think it's called Daniel Craig is not James Bond.com or something really close to that. And it really is mainly focused around the fact that he has blonde hair. It's like, we can't do this, guys. We can't do this. He's blonde. What? Because James <laughs> Bond couldn't dye his hair blonde? <sighs> I do it every three months. <laughs> But see, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, and I know we could get deep and we could probably get uh, into that territory you don't want to get to. Um, but I really don't understand the idea of changing a character just so you can change them. Yeah. I don't understand it either. Not, not even in the slightest, because then you have people who just kind of sit back and go, uh, is this, is, is this the same story? Right. Has it completely changed? I, you know, you've got people like me who aren't, I don't want to say they're not like super fans who haven't followed the entire backstory and the makings of, and yeah. you know, the reasonings behind. And so I'm, I would be sitting there going, uh, so is this like a totally different James Bond? Like, right. Is it spelled Do they reboot, with an they reboot e at the everything? end or What's going what? On? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I get that. Um, lately, like in the comic books, comic book uh, genre, we've seen this trend of turning characters, um, changing their sexuality kind of out of nowhere. The most recent one recently just happened was uh, Tim Drake. Tim Drake, who was one of the Robins. Just recently came out, I believe, as either homosexual or bisexual. I think it's homosexual, uh, which just felt weird. Came We've got decades of Tim Drake stories with no teasing of this whatsoever. And suddenly that's character. But I think the biggest one that I remember came when the New 52 launched and we had the original Green Lantern, uh, Alan Scott, suddenly become a, a, a homosexual character. And in doing so, to, do, to, to change him, they erased his son's character, the character of his son, Obsidian, who was a homosexual character. <gasps> like they got rid of one in order to, and that just, it felt so unnecessary yeah. at that point. Yeah. It's like the only reason you're doing this is just to get it a bigger named character be the one. But why not <laughs> make the one a big name character? Right. I mean, there were different things you could do to, to accomplish this. So I think it, it's jarring when big changes like this happen to characters that have been established for decades and decades and decades. And it doesn't make people who are uncomfortable with that change, you know, offensive people or, or bigoted in any way. It's like we, we've grown attached to these characters the way they are and to have them suddenly change for really no reason is jarring, uncomfortable, and it makes us not really want to follow the characters anymore. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like that would make perfect sense. We were talking about uh, we were talking about Mario in the last segment, and people are very concerned about this upcoming movie because Chris Pratt is voicing Mario. Mario is an Italian plumber. Someone asked him, "Are you going to talk like an Italian plumber?" And he said, "No, I'm going to use my regular voice." That's going to jar a lot of people. <laughs> Seeing Mario, whom we've heard talk in video games for decades, talk like Chris Pratt, <laughs> talk like Star-Lord, talk like Andy Dwyer, that's going to jar some people. Now, they yeah. might be going a whole different route with this that I don't know of, but if that is what happens, it's going to make a lot of people think, no, nah, I'm not watching that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people are already there. Yeah. We don't want <laughs> weird changes for no reason. It doesn't necessarily have to do with gender or identity or anything like that. It could be as little as hair color. It could be as little as accent. We want the characters that we've grown up with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. That's why, folks. Mm-hmm. I just had to get that rant off. It's not really a political rant. If anything, it's an anti-political rant. Let's bring it back down. We got some really logical reasoning behind this. Mo rants on Mondays. Uh, Matt Matt rants on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. (laughs) Let's take a break here. When we come back, Mo puts me and one of the back row buds to the test. Stick around. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So every night when I go to bed, I like to check my Facebook memories. It's just something I do, and I'm never in bed before midnight, so usually I end my day by seeing where I was a year ago. And today, I realize it's kind of a big day. Eight years ago today, I had to book my first ever table for my first Comic-Con. And it was for the biggest show in the Carolinas. It's like the big prestigious, you know, everybody and your mama go to that show. And, you know, I know artists now who've been doing this stuff a while that still won't book that show. But I had to book that show today, eight years ago, in order to be able to get my space for the summer of June 2014. Now, why all of this is a big deal is because I had absolutely nothing done like nothing i had a rough draft of my first book which was only 90 pages in barely readable sentences and structures with horrible horrible grammar and an artist that was supposed to do my cover that completely forgot to do it And I had commissioned another artist to make me some prints to sell that were basically Bible memes. And I had reached out to a shirt maker to make some shirt ideas that I had. On this day in October, when I booked my first con, none of my stuff was done. But I had to take a step forward like it was all going to be finished and like it was all going to be okay. And... That honestly reminds me a lot of Hebrews 11.1 in that faith actually looks like we believe what we say we believe. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. If I waited to see if everything was going to be done before I took that step, it would have been a whole other year before I could have been involved. I had to step even without being able to see where everything was going to go. And God did big things over the last eight years with it. And I want to encourage you, if you trust him, take the step. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And we've changed some things up for this new season, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week we record our shows the Friday or Saturday before, usually, uh, with our friends on Twitch. Follow us on twitch.tv slash LTN on air to be notified when we go live and join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com for after the show discussion and even opportunities to be on the show yourself. Before we go any further, it's time for the most fact of the day. Sloths have an extra vertebrae in their necks that allow them to turn their head on a 270-degree axis, enabling them to have an almost 360-degree view of their surroundings. I didn't know sloths could do that, too. Yes. I knew owls could do that. Yes. That's weird. Pretty cool, huh? Okay, now it's time for Matt to test... (laughs) To put Matt to the test in a game Uh, against our friend, Lark. Yay. Hi, Lark. Hi. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. So that's uh, everybody. Last week, I lost again in my attempt to take back the undisputed back row championship title uh-huh. belt for Mo. So <laughs> it was a beautiful quiz, though. It was. It, was. it, it was, really was. It was a mostly good quiz. Uh, hey, you have to appreciate my Dewey Decimal question. I really don't. Uh, so <laughs> this week, Mo gets to take a break for being challenged, and uh, she gets to host a new game between me and Lark, a member of our Discord, backrowdiscord.com. And if Lark beats me today, she will win an exclusive sticker that says, I made Radio Matt cry. Which yeah. I still have not been able to convince him that I deserve one of. No, you don't get one. I say that Mo deserves an I Made Radio Matt Cly sticker and Matt deserves an I Beat Mo sticker. Uh, but he hasn't beat me. <laughs> beat he has beat you in the past. Uh, facts. Absolute facts. All right. So, guys, this is just a simple true-false game. Okay. All right. There are 20 questions. You're going to go back and forth. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay, you'll, you have a way you'll to keep each, score? I don't. You'll each get 10 questions, and whoever gets the most at the end wins. Now, here's the thing. These are all questions based off of random facts we have done <laughs> in the show in the past. I don't watch the show much anymore. <gasps> well, I said in the past, so. I don't have a pen. Um, I'm just, Matt, it's 10 questions. Use your hands. It's 20 questions. No, but each of us gets 10. Use your hands. I'm not trusting you to use your hands. How do we know we have a pen? We'll we'll we had a pen. I don't know where my pen went. All right. I'll just, I'll just, I mean, I'll, hold on. I'll just, use, into score. I'll just use a notepad. I, have a I got it here. I'll just open a notepad on the computer. Oh, I was just walking away. <laughs> She's out. Um. She's done. Mo's just done. The, the pen, I get to win by default. The, the pen was the straw that broke I the don't camel's have back. A pen. <laughs> I have a pen. I'll just use a notepad oh, here. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just get back over here and do the game. We're good. <laughs> I don't know why you think you get to tell me what to do. <laughs> Maybe it's because he's a radio manager. Ooh, burn. <laughs> This was supposed to be our show, not just his show. So I don't know why all of a sudden he My thinks he's now. in charge. No, Lark. No. <laughs> Get your own show. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. Who's, who's going first? I was just about to say, who's going first? Well, you get to choose. Here's the thing. Matt. Are you ready? On the count of three, rock, paper, scissors. I want to hear. Okay. You're going to say what your selection is. Ready? One, two, three, shoot. Rock. Okay, so Matt wins. All right, Matt. (laughs) Number one. Bananas are curved because they grow toward the sun. You said that's true or false? Yeah, true or false. Bananas are curved because they grow toward the sun. Do they grow upside down? I know they grow in bunches. I don't feel like they grow upside down towards the sun. No, false. It's true. No, really? Yep. Lark, Maryland's official sport is lacrosse. You know what? That's too weird to not be true. It's false. It's actually jousting. <laughs> jousting? <laughs> yep. Okay, even more better. Weird. I'm mad at myself for missing that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt, it is illegal in Switzerland to own one guinea pig. 
feel like you're trying to throw me off with the number one. I feel like it must be like two guinea pigs or something. It is illegal in Switzerland to own one guinea pig. Let's say that's false. Actually, it's true because they're social animals and therefore need a companion. Oh, dang it. Yeah. If you only own one, it's considered dang animal it. cruelty. Okay. Yep. So the one was important, but not in the way one. I thought. Yep. Darn it. All right, Lark. Only 5% of the ocean has been explored. I'm going to say false because I think it's like 8 or 10%. It is 5%. That's true. I knew that one. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> All of them I so knew, far. I know that one from uh, a a um, SNL sketch that... I thought it was like 8 or 10%. Andy Samberg well, we're both did. a duo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. 7% of American adults think chocolate milk comes from brown cows. True. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lark, people can cough while sleeping. True. It's false. I have woken up coughing. Explain that to me. You exactly. woke up. Exactly. You That's woke the up point. Coughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's just like, I, I have coughed so much. I have asthma. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, you cannot sleep you've been through fully your conscious. cough. Yeah. All of it. yeah, that's not what you said, but okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, Matt. Uh, Pong was the first video game ever released. True. False. What's the answer? What? I don't know. Ask Toffee. He's the one who gave me that one. I'm confused. Everybody gets quiet. All right, we'll come back to it. I'm confused. Also, my Coffee question. Coffee House Pong not first. The first video game ever released. All right. Um. All right. Hey, KY Wethead agrees with me that you can cough in your sleep. Tennis Sorry, for two. the first video game. <laughs> Pong, October 1958. It says Tennis for Two was the first ever video game made. That's called Pong. Physicist invents first video game named Pong. <laughs> Tennis for two. Also, KY Wethead just said you can pop <laughs> the same game. Happen. <laughs> so I okay. think I should have that point. This is APS.org. <laughs> You can't uh, cough in your sleep because you wake up coughing. You wake up from your cough. The kid didn't wake up from his cough. Okay, you know what? You're right. It's the same game, but someone else released a version of it beforehand. Okay. That's a All bummer. Right. All right, moving on. Bummer. Lark, next question. More people are killed annually by vending machines than sharks. That's true. I knew that one. Yes, that is true. Very good. That's an easy one. All right. Matt, ketchup was once sold as medicine to treat diarrhea and indigestion. Ketchup to treat indigestion doesn't sound right because tomatoes cause indigestion. But ketchup has vinegar in it and the vinegar in like pickle juice helps indigestion. I'm going to say that's true. It is true. Very good. All right. <laughs> was the most awful thing. Hey, I thought, I thought it through and I got the answer right. Lark. <laughs> Cookie Monster's real name is Stuart. False. False. Do you know what his real name actually is? No clue. It's Sid. See, that feels more right. So yeah. I have two quick now. That's good. I yes. do remember that one. Uh, Matthew. Finland has more saunas than cars. True. True. Yes. Uh, Lark, a group of porcupines is called a splinter. I want it to be true, so true. Actually, it's called a prickle. Ooh, that's, that's equally a good cool. one, I'll accept though. This. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, Canada eats more mac and cheese than any other country. Matt, this is you. Canada? Canada eats more mac and cheese than any other country. I don't feel like that's true. Uh false it's actually true no way yes. yeah i knew that one too i've known what? a couple of that yeah. what 
Uh, Lark, the labels on fruit are actually edible and safe for ingestion. True. True. Yes. Matt, spam is short for spiced ham. Is that what it's short for? Okay, sure. Yeah, true. It is true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lark, like the I average. Think anything else it would be. <laughs> the average person blinks roughly 10 times per minute. True. False. It's actually closer to 20. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, more than. I keep knowing Matt's answers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more than 200 languages have been invented just for television or cinema purposes. Okay. Now, let me, before I answer this, the way you have presented this mm-hmm. is more than 200. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if it is any number above 200, mm-hmm. so you're not going to say, I'm not going to say that's true. And you're like, no, it's more than 500 because Correct. I'm still right. Correct. Then true. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I don't actually know the number. It just said more than 200. It could be 201. Uh, Lark. Uh, whoa, hold oh, up, hold up, hold up. Oh, come Dog's on. We get right rated, but it'll be horribly losing because Matt keeps getting, getting questions I know. Getting rated. Rated. By Love Thy Nerd. 18 people jumping in. Hey. Thank you for coming in. What, 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 yeah, what? Thank you for the follow, uh, Isaacalistic, I think. Yeah. Hello, everyone. This uh, is Clark, also known as Stream Mom. (laughs) I'm currently attempting to beat Matt in a game, losing horribly. (laughs) All right, I'm going to pause. What is the score right now, then? All right, I actually have the tally here. So you have three points, yes, and I have five points, but you still have one more question to make it even. Uh, Lark actually has two more questions. To make it even, I mean. Oh, to make it I've, even. I've answered okay, one yeah, more yeah. than she has. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready? You ready, Lark? Sure. Right. I'm probably going to lose, but sure. <laughs> All right, Lark. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock had a phobia of chickens. What? <laughs> Why does Matt get easy questions like this? True. Sure. Actually, it's false, but he did have a phobia of eggs. Why would I know that? That's weird. Also, why does Matt keep getting the easy ones? It's the random facts. You don't give me about the easy ones. Uh, Matt. I'm so mad about the coughing one. I think I should have gotten that. Keep up anonymous. anonymous? You give him all the easy ones. (laughs) All right, so these are the last two questions? Last two questions. All right. All right, Matt. Humans are the only animals on Earth to have chins. Have chins? Chins. Do monkeys not have chins? Chins. Apes, I mean, or whatever else. I'ma say false. It is true. Alright, I had one to burn anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and Lark. Earwax is actually a form of sweat. True, because I don't care because I can't win. <laughs> it is true. It's true though. Finish strong. Five four. It would have been tied if you would have given me the stupid coffin one. Because <laughs> KY had evidence that I was Good right. Try. Well, either way, even uh, if you tied, you wouldn't have won the, the sticker. So, good try, Lark. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, if I could have got, if I could have stolen questions, I would have won because I knew a couple. That's of yours. true. I knew a couple of years too. It might have been closer than you think. <laughs> Thank you, Lark. It's always fun having you on the show. Sorry, Lark. Don't hate me. Hater. It's okay. <gasps> oh, I'm out of toffee because he helped you with the questions. <laughs> Hater's going to hate. Take it all out on toffee. <laughs> I will. Right. See y'all Tuesday. Yeah. Adios. Okay, guys. Let's take another quick break. When, when we come back. That's sorry. That's my line. line. Is it wrong to question God? Stick around. <laughs> <laughs> This week in nerd history, love, not war. Nerd history. 
That was the primary philosophy behind the creation of Wonder Woman, a hero who would triumph not with fists or firepower, but with love. She was primarily seen as a defender, not a brawler, when she made her debut in All-Star Comics number 8 on October 21st, 1941. William Moulton Martson, the creator of Wonder Woman, is also known for creating a systolic blood pressure measuring apparatus, which was crucial for the development of the polygraph, aka the lie detector. Martson's experience with polygraphs convinced him that women were more honest than men in certain situations and could work more efficiently. It was also this connection that partially inspired Wonder Woman's golden lasso that compels those it touches to speak only the truth. Wonder Woman would go on to be one of the most popular DC Comics characters even to this day as a part of DC's Trinity, along with Superman and Batman, though she's certainly more of a fighter these days, but still driven by love. There's plenty more to her long 80-year story, far too much to cover here, but if her most recent fantastic portrayal in the DCEU film series is any indication, the character is remaining true to the original idea. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Backroom Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. When today's show is over, make sure you check out lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, other podcasts and videos, and a lot more. And if you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, even specifically with LTN Radio, please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner. You can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. This week, we're talking uh, questions uh, about the world around us. We're questioning our reality, essentially. Mm. Uh, We first questioned authority, then the culture. But now, we approach (laughs) possibly the most difficult topic of the three. Is it wrong to question God? Uh, This is is an easy question to answer, but it's a hard one to fully comprehend. Uh, So first, I'm going to read this very, very short God questions uh, answer about it. Very, very short comparatively to our other two uh, articles anyway (laughs) this week. Uh, But the question, of course, is it wrong to question God? Uh, And we'll talk about this answer and whether or not we fully agree with its its conclusions as well at the end. But it says, uh, an issue is not whether we should question God, but in what manner and for what reason we question him. To question God is not in itself wrong. The prophet Habakkuk had questions for God concerning the timing and agency of the Lord's plan. Habakkuk, rather than being rebuked for his questions, is patiently answered. And the prophet ends his book with a song of praise to the Lord. Many questions are put to God in the Psalms. These are the cries of the persecuted who are desperate for God's intervention and salvation. Although God does not always answer our questions in the way we we want. We conclude from these passages that a sincere question from an earnest heart is welcomed by God. Insincere questions or questions from a hypocritical heart are a different matter. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who who earnestly seek him. After King Saul had disobeyed God, his questions went unanswered. It is entirely different to wonder why God allowed a certain event than it is to directly question God's goodness. Having doubts is different from questioning God's sovereignty and attacking his character. In short, an honest question is not a sin, but a bitter, untrusting, and rebellious heart is. God is not intimidated by questions. God invites us to enjoy close fellowship with him. When we question God, quote unquote, it should be from a humble spirit and an open mind. We can question God, but we should not expect an answer unless we are genuinely interested in his answer. God knows our hearts and knows whether we are genuinely seeking him to enlighten us. Our heart attitude is is what determines whether uh, it is right or wrong to question God. What are your initial thoughts on that? Uh... I'm in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. I, do you hear my stomach? I see your stomach's rumbling. (laughs) It's growling, but very angry. Um, so in initially I thought of Mary. Yeah. And Zacchaeus. Mm. No, not Zacchaeus. Wait. Who was married to Elizabeth? And it starts with a Z. No. Why am I drawing a blank right now? Um, 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 
Zachariah. Okay, Zachariah. Yeah, Zachariah. You're right. Okay. It was a Z. I'm like, is it a Z? It, I, <laughs> I really knew that it was. And the second that I said Zacchaeus, I was like, no, he's a wee little man. Um, <laughs> Zacchaeus was a So between the two of them, you know, they were both told that they were going to have children. Right. An angel prophesied to both the both of them, letting them know that they were going to have sons. And both of them questioned. But Zachariah, in his question, he was, his lips were sealed for the rest of Elizabeth's pregnancy. The angel made him to where he couldn't speak anymore after that. Whereas Mary uh, was not. Right. You know, and so that's something that as a young adult, I kind of always went back and forth with why they essentially did the same thing. Why was Zachariah hushed for nine months or however long, but Mary wasn't, you know, and I've kind of had to reason with the fact that God knows our heart, Mm -hmm. you know, and Zachariah's question, Zachariah's, his was more of a, a doubtful kind of mocking how is that going to happen? Absolutely not. There's no way. God couldn't do this. Right. (laughs) Whereas Mary's was. uh, Are you sure? More humble. Yeah. yeah, More of a humble, taken aback. Are you positive? This is me. You know, are are you talking to the right person? Right. You know, and in those two instances, I, for me personally, I've always had a really beautiful image and visual of the proper way to question the proper way to say, Oh God, are you sure? Are you, are you positive? Not okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's initially where I, my mind went. Yeah. And I, I don't disagree with you. Um, but I, I will admit that like reading some of the Psalms, reading David, mm-hmm. some of his questions are biting questions. Mm-hmm. Al- they almost sound like accusatory questions toward God, uh, where he's like, did, you know, are you purposefully abandoning me? Kind of, you know, questions. Mm-hmm. Why weren't you here for this? Why didn't sure. you solve this problem? Why aren't you coming to my aid faster? Mm-hmm. And the, the difference again, you said with the heart, the Psalms of course are poetry. Uh, and they always tend to be couched in, but I also realize who I am uh-huh. in this, this situation. Mm-hmm. And I also realize, you know, I got myself into most of these messes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. That's, you know, you read them and you can see that dichotomy in the same Psalm. Yeah. They always <clears throat> come back to, it's almost David talking out his thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. You know, how, how am I going to make it through this? How is I can't take it one more day. Mm-hmm. Oh, but wait, you're right. I can't take it one more day, but with you, I can. Right. You know, and anyway. <laughs> so in, um, there's a, there's a comic book that Hector Mirai, uh, actually told me to get, and this will be the second time we brought him up. Hey, Hector. Uh, discussions. <laughs> Hector Mirai told me to pick up, uh, it was a it was a side story from a big event several several years ago in DC Comics called Final Crisis, and in Final Crisis there's a whole thing going on. But the side story was focusing around uh, a character known as the Spectre, and he is God's hand of vengeance. He basically comes and he he takes the lives of those who have taken the lives of others, and you know things of that nature. People that have are destined to die because of the bad things they've done. I'm not saying this is a 100% biblical uh, description of something that is real or anything like that, but that's the character. Mm-hmm. But in this this book, uh, Final Crisis Revelations, it's really about the faith crisis that the, the person who, the, the soul that is bound to the specter is having in doing all this. And... Um, we see a situation at the beginning of the book where he is sent to do what he's supposed to do and take the life of this evil person, this villain, and he can't do it. He can't physically do it. And he's confused. Like, why would God send me here and then not allow me to do what he sent me to do? Mm. And so 
that thing, that, that, that doubt starts to continually build throughout this entire crisis where he is thinking and even, you know, downright saying that, you know, God doesn't really care or, you know, God, God is, is just toying with us all and all this kind of thing. It's, you know, he is even questioning, is God even really here or is God even what we think he is? Kind of thing. And then by the end of the book, we see everything that happened, happened to build to this one instance that had to happen in order to save, you know, this whole group mm-hmm. of people, save this whole, this whole society. And he realized, and that's what he realizes at this fact is that, you know, he had this crisis of faith based around things that he thought God should be doing and he thought should be happening. And he couldn't see the big picture. He couldn't see God's will in this wide plan that we can't see. Mm-hmm. And so with, uh, with David, with uh, anybody who questions God's uh, plan, we see that same thing. You know, David had some very tough situations, some of which caused by him specifically in his own sin. Uh and he questioned God on many occasions, but at the same time, God saw the full picture and still built David up to be one of the heroes of the Bible, if not the hero of the Bible, aside from Jesus, uh, of the Old Testament, we'll say, as uh, the man after God's own heart, mm-hmm. as the slayer of Goliath. You know, his stories has been told for century or uh, the millennia now as one of God's champions. You know, God saw the bigger picture of everything that was happening in his life while David could only see the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's how we are, too. And that's also why I say, you know, we can't go out trying to change society to the point where we're ripping people to shreds because we can't see the big picture. We can't see, you know, what brought them there to, the, <laughs> to that point and how God's going to change them in the future. We can't base everything that we do on one instance in time. We can't base every decision that we do, every faith uh, moment. We can't every doubt, every pain, every death, every everything that happens. We can't take it as it is in that moment. We have to trust the ripple effect Mm -hmm. of what God is doing. Now, that's not to say that there are things in this world that are going to happen based on the free will of other people that are terrible. But at the same time, the thing that we, uh, one of the bigger things that I learned in recovery to really embrace is the fact that even the terrible things that happen because of the will of other people can be repurposed by God. Mm-hmm. And that's what we mean when we say God has a plan in all this. We're not saying that it was God's plan for this person to die or this person to suffer in this way or anything. We're not saying that that was part of his plan. We are saying that God can retroactively make it a part of his plan from our perspective. Mm -hmm. So he will see what can and will happen. And then he will set things up to happen beyond that to grow the kingdom and to grow the glory. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's that weird dichotomy that is really hard for us to understand about God's nature. And that's why Calvinists and Arminians continue to fight to this day, because it's this never ending battle between God's sovereignty and God's gift of free will. Mm -hmm. How much of that really exists? Both, you know, we have this balancing act of, you know, is God completely and totally sovereign and nothing happens outside of his will is God sovereign, but allows us to have our own free will and then build his world around that. How can we get to that middle? <laughs> because mm-hmm. the Bible tends to make a case for both, depending on where you read. It's got to be both. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the case where you can make the case for both in the Bible. There's got to be a way that we're not understanding it completely. And so nothing that we believe is going to be 100% right. Um, I think it's really funny. You see the, you watch The Good Place, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. But I mean, you watch like the first episode when they're walking through telling them all about The Good Place. Mm -hmm. And they say, she asks the question, who was right? Who got it right? And he's like, no. 
Buddhists got a little bit right. Yeah. Christians got a little, but everybody yeah. just got about 10% right. Except for this guy. <laughs> got like 97% of it one day after tripping on shrooms or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's really happy he has his picture. Like, I'm proud to have that. <laughs> like, nobody's going to get anywhere near 97% right about how God actually chooses to run this world because... It's mostly from a spiritual, godly perspective, something that we can't know. Right. <laughs> like the best the Bible can do is put put things in in allegories and and try to talk to talk about them in terms that we can understand. Mm-hmm. And so there are going to be many times where we don't understand what God's doing, or we don't understand why something had to happen, or we don't understand how God could use this terrible thing that happened to do anything good. You know, we had a, a moment like that in our life this month when my mother-in-law passed away. She caught COVID for the very first time, and it just went completely downhill really fast. That's, it's terrible and painful. But at the same time, the legacy that she's going to leave behind is only going to grow. And so to see so many people, even people that have never met Tina, hear about Tina and hear about how she lived her life for God and what God did through her to bless other people. I believe will start a ripple effect. Even just a, a fraction of it happened last week when we talked about it. Last Wednesday, we talked about it, and, and our friend KY in our Twitch chat brought up, you know, we should really think about, you know, how we treat our kids' friends mm-hmm. based on the story we told about my mother-in-law, who really made it a point to adopt all of her kids' friends. If just a few people pick that up and think, you know what, maybe that's a great mission field (laughs) right there that I've been completely ignoring it, that's the ripple effect of Tina's life that probably wouldn't have happened without the situation. And that's just a little glimpse of one of those. Mm -hmm. How God can actually use this situation for his exponential good to grow the kingdom and to grow the glory and to make... Tina's legacy, one of a ripple in God's pond, which is the greatest thing any of us could hope to be. It's really exciting to think about. Mm-hmm. Now, there are going to be times where it feels like we don't trust God. Just like in that comic book, we don't trust God. I don't think that's automatically necessarily a sin either. Because again, it's part of the heart. Mm-hmm. We have doubts. Doubts are normal. Mm-hmm. Faith is very specifically believing what you cannot see. And that's a very difficult thing to do. And God knows that. Well, that's why he said faith like a mustard seed. Right. He didn't say <laughs> faith like a mountain. Right. So sometimes you just have to cling on to the tiny bit of faith you still have in times of disillusionment or difficulty. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's okay to have times where you feel distant from God. It's natural. It's normal. All of us have those times. Yeah. The The question really is, are we continuing to walk towards God, even in that doubt? Or have we turned our back and said, forget this. I'm done. I don't trust you. I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And we walk in the opposite direction. Yeah. You know, if you are still actively walking towards God and saying, God, I don't know where this next step is going to land me, but I'm going to walk in this direction, terrified and freaking out every second of the way. (laughs) That's a, that's a heart matter. Yeah. That's doubt, but it's walking in faith. Yeah. Faith the size of a mustard seed. (laughs) And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It might come as a shock and a surprise, but God is big enough for our doubt. Yeah. 
we're not going to ruin him or destroy him. Because at he's times not, we... He's not Tinkerbell. Uh-huh. <laughs> he says to clap. Clap so, I, right? so my light doesn't go out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a big part of me that even, I think, a lot of times God may even... And this, this is, this is just me. This is just Mo speaking. Okay. Okay. There are times where in my own life, where I've had doubts in my own life, where I've been incredibly fearful and I've just thrown my hands up and been like, God, I don't know. I don't, I can't see it. I don't know. I find comfort in the thought of God going, okay, let me show you. I'm going to show you. Yeah. I'm going to prove my faithfulness to you. You know, I, whether he does or not, I like to think that that is how he handles me mm. personally. <laughs> all right, my girl, <laughs> throw it at me all you want. Let me hear your word vomit. Cause I already know what you're thinking, <laughs> but I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. I mean, in, in a similar vein, uh, you know, I think about my boys, uh, who, who, who struggle with fear of what's going to happen, like in a TV show. Yeah. Like even, even a show as benign as like Paw Patrol every now and then they'll have an episode that's like in the jungle and there's a whole bunch of like red eyed snakes and alligators and yeah. stuff. And that freaks my boys out, but they've also watched them all before multiple times and they know what's going to happen. And they know in the end, you know, the good guys are going to win. The pups are going to win, you know, right. all this kind of stuff. But every time those episodes come up, they get scared. And so they're constantly afraid and they need to be told every time. And sometimes multiple times is happening. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, in the end, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. Calm down. Mm-hmm. Nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> and that's all of us. Absolutely. That's all of us. And that's God <laughs> telling us it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, I've got you and in the end. It's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And that's true in all the, the most difficult, scary situations of our lives. Even when we feel distant from God, even when we feel like he must not care because things are going so poorly, he is whispering in our heart. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. I'm with you. I've got you. In the end, things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in this life or it's in the next, things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is hard to remember in the moment, but worth trying mm-hmm. because again, it's natural to question what we can't see. We can't see the future. We have to exercise our faith by trusting Mm -hmm. that God's got us one way or another. God's got us and it's going to be okay. One way or another, everything that happens, if surrendered to God will be used for glory. So you might be going through a very, very tough moment right now in your life. You might be struggling with doubt. You might be struggling with pain, with fear, with worry. <sighs> Bad things might have happened to you. You might be in a lot of ang- anger and pain and 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 want to run away or want to fight somebody or you know there could be a whole mess of problems that you're dealing with right now. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you don't feel good enough. Maybe you're stuck in a shame and guilt spiral. All of that's normal and all of that's okay to be in for a time, but please try and listen for God's answers. Even before you ask the questions, God is telling you it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. He's with you. And he's also placed a lot of people in your life who want to be there for you too. Don't be afraid of asking questions, but just know the answer is pretty much always the same. God's got you. That's it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We'll get there. We'll get through it. Mm -hmm. Trust in him. Trust in the people he's put around you. Now, one final note I want to say is 
also in our churches. In our churches, God has put authority uh, above us. That would be our pastors and other leaders. And uh, remember that it is not only okay to sometimes question our leaders, but it is something that they should encourage you to do, mm-hmm. especially with what they preach from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Because they are supposed to be guides <laughs> in this journey, not, you know, puppeteers. <laughs> you know, they, they're, they're supposed to lead you in directions on how to go yourself, <laughs> where to, what directions to take yourself. So everything that you're taught on Sunday, you should also be studying yourself. You should be looking up these verses yourself and not just relying on what he puts up on the screen. You should mm-hmm. be reading the context of things and read further in things, not to be in some uh, misguided plan to try and one-up him or prove him wrong or anything right. like that, or to you know question Bible studies and leaders and all this, but to do your due diligence that this is your faith that you're building on, not just sucking the... <laughs> the the teat of somebody else's faith essentially you know it's not mo doesn't like that analogy that came out of nowhere i apologize uh, <laughs> you know it's, it's you're not supposed to leech off somebody else's faith there is that better don't Much leech better. off somebody Much else's better. faith <laughs> don't have a parasitic faith yeah. grow your own faith absolutely and so it's absolutely okay to question things from the pulpit especially if you hear something that just doesn't sound right mm-hmm. look it up for yourself You'll either learn that, oh, hey, that's just something I didn't know, or you'll have a good question to bring up at the next Bible study. Either way, someone's going to grow from it. And Mm -hmm. if that's just you, that's okay, because that's something that would have needed to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, all in all, pretty much in everything, every aspect of faith, don't be afraid to ask questions. It's okay. Mm -hmm. As long as you're asking them from a sincere heart and a desire to grow. Yeah. I, you remember in elementary school when our teachers would say, there's no such thing as a dumb question. You remember that? Yeah. Like what happened to that mentality? I don't agree with it. (laughs) Here's the thing though. Is there, um, an unimportant question? Sure. Is there a disruptive question? Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. Coming from a teacher's perspective. Yeah. But is there such thing as a dumb question? If If you genuinely don't know the answer. Yeah. I think if we added the word sincerely in there, there's no such thing as a sincerely dumb question. Like if you're being sincere about something you don't know, there's no dumb questions. Absolutely. (laughs) Don't go around being a turd, just disturbing everybody just because you want to, you think it's funny. A pastor could cod make a burrito that was so hot even he could not eat it <laughs> that's a dumb question <laughs> do you not think that's a dumb question <laughs> oh i think it's a so i think it's a did you say ridiculous i said dumb i think it's, a, think ridiculous it's a ridiculous question, question. <laughs> um but it could open up a door to a very <laughs> well-meaning conversation. It might, if you ask that sincerely, but I doubt you're gonna. <laughs> sure. Could God make a boulder so heavy even he couldn't lift it? What are you trying to accomplish here, Craig? <laughs> what do you want me to say? I'm your youth pastor. I don't know these things. I didn't go to seminary. <laughs> <laughs> There needs to be a whole class in, th- in seminary on how to respond to smart aleck questions. <laughs> yeah. And with that, <laughs> that's going to do it for our week of focus on questioning the reality around us. We're going to take one last break. When we get back, we'll answer and ask us anything question. Stick around. We here at Love Thine Earn emphasize intentional community. Join our Facebook group by searching for Love Thy Nerd Community. And if you not only like us, but you like 
like us like us, you should join our Discord server at lovethynerd.com slash Discord and jump in on some of our game night streams. Bottom line, we want to hang out with you. Come join us. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, we're going to answer a question from Twitch. Today's question comes from our friend Thray in our Twitch chat, and she asked, what is or what was your first social media experience? So I'm pretty certain that my first social media experience was like 2006, MySpace. I guess it kind of, it kind of depends on what you define as social media. Okay. Why wouldn't MySpace be considered social media? No, no, no. I I think MySpace would, but I think there might be some things earlier than that that would be considered social media. Like Yahoo chat rooms? Yahoo chat rooms. Oh, Uh, I didn't even think about that. ICQ or MSN Messenger. Dang. Okay. All these things that, that told you friend statuses when they were online and stuff like that. Wow. AOL Messenger and Group in the mid-1990s. Yeah. I didn't even consider that. Yahoo had uh, Facebook groups back then. They had Yahoo Clubs uh, back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. So I guess, jeez mm, Louise, what, like 98, <laughs> 99 with the, the Yahoo chat rooms, Yahoo Messenger, which... Like, I I cannot even imagine. I would have been 14 then. Yeah. 13. I can't even imagine my 14 and 15-year-old in a chat room like those. Huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They were un- unmodded, unregulated. Yes. Anything could happen. Yeah. Remember? And you would always <laughs> hop on and ask ASL. ASL. Yeah. <laughs> always. always. I always lied. Hey, what's up? ASL. Yeah, yeah. That was just a common question. It wasn't intrusive for anything. It's right. like, hey, I want to know who I'm talking to. Yeah. And get a general feel for who this other person is. Um, my first, if we're, if we're considering chat rooms a part of it, then my first would be actually the DC Talk official chat room on dctalk.com. I was there every single day. I made friends with this girl who was much older than me. Uh, it wasn't any kind of weird yeah. online dating thing. We were just yeah. we're legitimately friends. We got along very well. Uh, to the point where she actually sent me a, a photo of her and her family from Disneyland or something. Like She was, a, I think, almost 18 years old, and I was... 10, 10 or Aww. 11. So she was like a big uh, so, sister. Yeah, so she had that kind of that kind of big, big sister or cousin kind of feel. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was really nice. Really nicely. I still have that photo in some photo album somewhere. Um, Do you remember her name? I really don't. <laughs> that makes me sad. Uh, I haven't thought about her in over a decade for sure. That's crazy. Uh, but... But it was really cool. That was my first. That was my first instance of meeting someone online who I could figure out wasn't actually a creep. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like your first genuine friend you made online. I remember that. And um, yeah, wow. The DC Talk chat room was on point. There was quite a few of us that were there every day for a solid year, just talking about nothing. Talking about absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But if we were talking the more traditional, or not traditional, more uh, recent idea of social media than MySpace, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Which I still think they need to bring MySpace back. Had a horrifically difficult to to read text on Superman-themed backgrounds. (laughs) That's the thing. Like, I can remember... Figuring out how to configure those backgrounds for your your MySpace page, mm-hmm. like we're, we were coding back then, yeah. and I, there's no way that I could do it now, none at all. But you could have your theme song on your your profile for the week that told everybody what kind of yeah, you week could, you were right, actually Right, and it would having. automatically play when you get to the page. Yep. I hated that. Actually. Oh, I loved that. I loved that. You could 
rate your friends, your top ten. You know what? No. These these five aren't even worth being in my top ten. I'm taking it down to a top five friends now. <laughs> it was like top eight, I think, is the standard. Yeah. And so you'd have that, and every now and then a friend would tick you off, so you'd take them out of the top eight. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yep. And it felt so cathartic. That was like, like see what you get. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the start of my I'm not super passive aggressive. Craig I'm, just took your spot. That's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm just an aggressive aggressive person. Um but that was like the start of my passive aggressiveness yeah. where I could be like how long is it going to take you to realize that you're not on my top 5 anymore? Hmm. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So funny. Yep. Okay. Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Proverbs 21, 3. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Uh, just as we're doing that, Moviga is coming in, raiding us with four viewers. Thank you so much, Moviga, for the raid. Everybody who's jumping in right now, we are almost at the end of our stream. But at the end of our stream, we are giving away a Sunday School Answers prize pack with the core game and the LTN Con uh, exclusive booster pack. Just hit exclamation point. Exclamation point. Dibs in the chat. <laughs> That's exclamation point dibs. <laughs> and uh, if you're a subscriber to the channel, then you have uh, double the odds of, of winning. winning this giveaway, yep. just so you know. Uh, but yeah, that'll be in just a bit. We're going to Exclamation end. point dibs, y'all. Oh. Clap just to remind me where I need to cut all that out for the live, for the actual podcast recording. <laughs> That's going to do it for our show today. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Backroom Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it, and we'll love you forever. And also, the podcast feed will offer a weekly highlight episode focusing on just our main topics for the week for those of you who can't commit to the full three hours a week. And make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Just search Search for at the back row LTN and connect with us. Tune in tomorrow morning for the back row rewind, and we will be bringing you a classic episode of the back row morning show. And we should be back with new episodes next Monday, and we hope you will too. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd.